You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of other nerdy shows we all love to frolic about in our free time, including a few new additions. So go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com and give those a shot. Thank you for tuning in to episode 46, Batman Contagion. Now, I'm going international today. That's right. I'm going across the pond from London, the editor-in-chief of Dark Knight News and the owner-operator magnificent mind behind Fantastic Universes. It is my friend, Steve J. Ray. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What a wonderful welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When it's come on for a long time. <laughs> we. It's funny because we have known each other through the worldwide web literally worldwide web oh yes for quite a few years now and this is the first time that i've heard your voice mm. specifically addressing me <laughs> and vice versa thank you internet you know yes oh wonderful thing I mean, we've been talking like you said online for over four years but here we are finally <laughs> it'd be the first of many my friend finally yes finally uh finally. So this is your first time on the show. And it's always exciting to get a new guest on the show for many reasons. But one is to hear the answer to this question. Steve J. Ray, what is your favorite Batman story? Well, do you know that one where he dresses up as a bat and fights crime at night? I think that's uh, Batman 617. That's the only one. Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> Basically, my answer to that question is, oh, my God, that's an impossible question to answer. I, I can't answer that, Ryan. Remember, I'm a lot older than most of your guests. You and, are uh, banned. You're banned. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been reading these. Things. I've got a collection going back to the 40s, mm. but a complete and uninterrupted collection going back to 1985. Okay. So to pick one out of all of those is nine impossible. Um, I can tell you the story that made me a Batman fan forever. The one that okay. converted me and dragged me okay. kicking and screaming. Um, Detective Comics 457, the first American comic I ever owned, which um, to someone who only had seen Batman as uh, Adam West experienced, changing campy quips with Cesar Romero or whatever super guest star was on the show that week, um, seeing an American comic where not only did we meet Leslie Tompkins, did I see his origin for the first time, but I finally understood why he dressed as a bat and fought crime at night. It blew my eight-year-old brain. Um, that comic changed everything. It made me the fan I am today. It made me, like you said, editor-in-chief of Dark Knight News and made me a lover of all things bat-related. So that's the one I'd have to pick as the most important favorite. Too many to name, brother. Well, that's, you know what, that counts. That's what we're going to jot down. There is no hope in Crime Alley. Oh, uh, yeah. And so that cover, the one. in case nobody just has that off the top of their head, that cover is one that every Batman comic fan has seen. 
of the Batman. It's a profile oh, shot, and it's got the the Wayne murder in his head with uh, you know Joe Chill running away. It's the covers by uh, Dick Giordano, and it's written by Denny O'Neill. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic, fantastic comic issue. So, Steve, I think that that is a great choice to pick if that ends up being what everybody credits as your favorite Batman story. That's a great choice. That's a great choice. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the one that brought me here. It's the one that brought you here. It's Absolutely. that comic's fault, listeners. That comic is to blame. Well, me. also what has brought you specifically here to this moment for this podcast episode is mm. a story called Batman Contagion. One of these Indeed. massive stories that ran in the DC Comics world in the 1990s. It was released in multiple issues in 1996. It's been collected in trade paperbacks. Digital issues are available to buy. I believe all of these issues are also available on the DC Universe Infinite app. It's crossed over into the Azrael comics, uh, Batman, Detective Comics, Catwoman, Robin, Batman Chronicles, and Shadow of the Bat in like a two-month time period of March and April. So, yes, indeed. Mr. Steve J., which version did you read for this episode, for your research? The only version I have, the original floppies. The original floppies. Fantastic. Indeed. Now, is that... And um, because I'm like that, I had to read Azrael 1 to 14 as well, because uh, there's a very important tie-in that, that obviously you know about once you've read Contagion itself. 1 through 14, as in like all 15... or Wait, where? Hello, math. All 14 issues? Like read, uh, yeah, I read obviously, because obviously Contagion contains 15 and 16, but 1 to 14, particularly issue 8, um, lead into Contagion. It was, it was brewing for about a year before it actually even uh, happened in, in the event. It was, Denny O'Neill was teasing it in the pages of Israel. Hmm. So how many, let's say, exclude the Azrael issues, how many issues then did you read for this? Uh, for contagion, um, excluding yeah, Azrael issues, so all the ones probably that are in the collection, and maybe one other. Okay. So, uh, however many are in the book. <laughs> well, so um, I, I don't know. That's definitely I think it's something. Twelve. Okay, because plus the fourteen Azrael issues. In looking, there's in this, it goes all the way up to Robin number twenty-eight has the. In the upper right tri- or upper right corner of the cover, it's got one of the red triangles and then a uh, number eleven in it, mm-hmm. and that's the last. And it says contagion, and then you know contagion contagion eleven. So chapter mm-hmm. eleven. But can, and then Batman Chronicles doesn't have a number in it, um, so that's actually like an issue like seven and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, there's twelve in the contagion crossover. So all those twelve plus Azrael one to fourteen, I read in preparation for this show. Okay, so. As I've seen with the Contagion trade before, it's definitely intimidating. It's daunting because, you know, it's, it's a massive collection. But then I read it through mm. uh, the digital, my digital Hoopla app, which is a digital library to check it out. And it's Batman Contagion. It has that Batman Chronicles that you just mentioned that the previous version did not have. And then the most recent trade does have. But the oh. last quote unquote chapter that says Contagion on it, ends on page uh, 304 and then there's still another 190 pages but there is there are comics that don't have contagion on the front cover and they've 
barely even tie into contagion. So that's almost like the story itself to get what you need out of contagion isn't as much of an undertaking as I think many oh, no. would, would think it really is. Oh no. Those 12 issues are the key ones really. Um, plus if you can get hold of Azrael number eight to see when Azrael does actually tie in that symbol in the, uh, on the walls of the order of St. Dumas with uh, the virus itself, then that's about all you really need. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we, we dig in, when I asked you if you'd like to be on the show, you, you jumped into Batman Contagion. What was it about this story that made you want to choose it? Oh, it's because it was one that led to others. It was a domino effect story. It's like uh, what I like to call the first of the um, consequences arcs because Contagion then leads to Legacy. Uh, which is more than a follow-up or a sequel because it shows you who actually really was the mastermind behind unleashing the virus in the first place. But I'm not going to spoil it until we hopefully one day, fingers crossed, get to record that show. But then Legacy led to uh, Cataclysm of No Man's Land because basically the government had enough of all these plagues and diseases, the revolving door on Arkham Asylum, earthquakes and everything else, and shut Gotham off for the massive, massive event that is No Man's Land, which I've already researched just in case we do get to record it. And the trades only collect about 45 issues, Mm. whereas the actual No Man's Land arc is about 112. Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) So that's going to be a much easier read for you than it will be for me, brother, (laughs) if we get to it, fingers crossed. But that's why, yeah, Contagion opens a lot of doors and sets a lot of wheels in motion. Now, did you read, and I'm not trying to date your age at all, but when Mm. Contagion came out, I was a nine-year-old, growing up in a small town that had one spinner rack at the local grocery store that did not stay up to date or have uh, much of a variety of anything at all. So I did not read Batman Contagion until probably, I mean, over a decade ago in its first trade paperback collection. Did you read this when it first came out? Was that your first time? Yep, as it came out. Gotcha. Absolutely. As it, as it was happening, which was a, a little bit easier than most because as it was crossing over over every title, it was literally coming out weekly. Uh-huh. So it was a lot more um, doable. Reading a huge art like Nightfall, um, particularly when it started, and it was only in Batman and Detective, it would come out twice a month. That was hell. Because yeah. again, I read that as it was coming out. So this one was a bit, bit easier, but uh, you guys are lucky. The, the, the <laughs> trade paperbacks are the Netflix of comic books. You can literally devour an entire legendary arc in one sitting. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, if a big crossover that I'm really interested in now comes out, I'm able to mostly keep track and stay up to date with it. If it, if it interests me and it catches me from the beginning, but yeah, I think back then I'd have been lost. I'd have given up. I'd have been angry and I, maybe I wouldn't be a Batman fan. I'd have been so, so upset about it, but thankfully I was nine. I was an idiot. So everything was, it was okay. I was 16, 17. So I was okay. Oh yeah. (laughs) You, yeah, you're a little bit smarter, a little bit smarter there. No, no, what am I talking about? I'm lying. I was 26, 27. Hang on, 96, I was born in... Sorry, I was 26, 27. years old at the time. Okay, all right. 26, 27. (laughs) (laughs) So something that's very, to me, impressive with this book. So 
my my outright critique here it read better this time than it has before and the contagion specific contagion titled issues that was definitely the strength of the story and to me what followed made me it, like i blasted through those those first 12 chapters and then it was the last five issues, six issues, something like that, that kind of slogged on a little bit for me. And then that's how I, I found out, like, why are these, why are these included in a contagion trade? Because they don't, they just don't directly relate to contagion. And I oh, think well, they included them then. I, I'm not sure. And to, to be more specific on which issues those are, like that's to me, Robin 29. Uh, mm-hmm. I, let me see. Since I don't have the physical copies in my hands, I've got a. I got a. Contagion ended with Robin twenty eight. Yes. So I wonder what twenty nine is even doing there. I haven't read that one because it's not part of the storyline. So make sure, make sure that we come back to Robin number twenty eight. I don't want to go right to the end at the right here at the beginning, but I do want to comment. I have a big comment on Robin twenty eight. But I mean Robin twenty nine and robin 30 then we get bat batman the dead man connection which is 530 through nothing to do with contagion yeah that has nothing to do with contagion and i know why they included those though because one of the contagion chapters shows the puppet master the the guy with the batman puppet and they probably for readers who saw that one panel um, which I just ignored for, for the show, probably wanted to know what that was all about. That was a thing that was running through Detective at the time. So maybe they just wanted to include that stat to clear up that little mystery, I guess. But it's nothing to do with Contagion whatsoever. Well, and what, what's a bummer is that those three issues are of the, uh, the wonderful team of Mention Jones. Doug Mention Kelly Jones, yeah, wonderful stuff. And I, I was just distracted my whole time reading those three issues because I'm like, how is this relating to Contagion? It's, it, do, it just doesn't seem like it needs to be included here rather than just enjoying mm. a three-issue arc. I was just totally focused on this is kind of tiresome because this isn't relating. And then mm-hmm. it, it ends with Batman Shadow of the Bat number 50, 51, and 52, which they almost like mention the Contagion but kind of pointless but i i found them to kind of be good entertaining oh they're great comics but they're not part of this story yeah so now we're looking at so yeah that's about like six seven issues there at the end that i just don't feel need to be included here well i've got my individual issues here should i tell you what the actual contagion storyline is because i've got them literally right in front of you do it yeah yeah go for it (laughs) um it's really funny because they were they had the wrong covers put on. Azrael has got number four written on it when it should have been number five. And Catwoman's got number five on it when it should have been number four. But other than that, they're fine. So literally, it should have just been ending with Robin 28. So Robin 27 and 28. Um, book one. So Saturday of the Bat 48 and 49. Uh, Detective 695 and 696. Uh, Catwoman 31 and 32 and Azrael 15 and 16 plus that extra issue Batman Chronicles 4 that's the all the contagion anyone should really need unless they want to pick up Azrael number 8 as well there you go and that, I mean it's about 
less than three fourths of the the entire trade here of the intimidating five hundred pages. Wow. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But or I mean, I'm not going to tell you don't read more Batman comics. I end every episode saying read more Batman well, no, no. comics. But the contagion part—it's not as intimidating as you think. So with this story, I think I I do now looking back in realizing the con- connectivity of it all, how this really gets, gets the, the story going of here mm. to, um, oh my gosh, why am I, I'm just legacy, sorry, legacy and cataclysm, no man's land, all that, how this is kind of a jump start of all yes, of those consequences. Absolutely. And I do respect how this story definitely stands out amongst Batman stories because I believe as he says at one point in the story, it's a villain that like he can't see. Exactly. And sadly, exactly. for all of us now, this is too this is almost too real. I'm glad I'm reading it this year, not yeah. last year. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Another reason why I chose it, my friend. Okay, so you're like, let's blend reality with my comic books. All right, let's do this. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But I think what now give me some history here as far as Batman comics at the time. How long was mm-hmm. this after Nightfall had had ended? Oh, quite soon. It, literally, this follows on um, from uh, Nightfall Prodigal. Um, obviously, you've, you've read Nightfall, right? Because yes. um, rereading this now, I remembered Andy Howe, the most useless police commissioner in Gotham history. Yes. Uh, for a bit of background for you, which might help answer some questions for you. Mm-hmm. Armand Kroll, the mayor, yep. was completely anti-Batman and completely anti-Jim Gordon. He wanted to fire Gordon forever because of his support of Batman because he wasn't violent enough. He didn't uh, tackle crime strongly enough in Kroll's opinion. But um, during Nightfall, Kroll was kidnapped by Joker and uh, Scarecrow and Batman saved him. So then Kroll became Batman fan number one and then obviously couldn't find, couldn't fire Gordon. But then obviously during Nightfall, Batman had to go and was replaced by the very killy, very awful Jean-Paul Valley, a.k.a. Azrael. And of course, Kroll didn't know this. Cole couldn't tell the difference. He just saw Batman and Batman kicking ass. So he was behind uh, the new Batman, whereas Gordon wasn't. So Gordon was fired and Andy Howe took over as commissioner. So that's definitely was one of my questions because uh, some of my history gets mixed on when Gordon is not commissioner, when he returns as commissioner and so on and so forth. And this Mm -hmm. when it started out and Gordon was This is when he comes back, yeah. Yeah, and- I of I'll always champion commissioner like Commissioner Gordon him returning to the force. Oh, yeah. But I I always. I didn't and it's been a while since I've read Nightfall, which is funny because Night Nightfall Volume One, the first trade, that was in an early Christmas present. I was probably like seven or eight, oh, and wow. that I read the hell out of Volume One of Nightfall. Except that ended <laughs> with, it. with Batman's back being broken, and then because we were in small yes. town USA. We didn't have Amazon. Um, I did not know what happened for like another five years. And it was torture for a little kid. I'm like, Batman's back is broken. Ah. So I, I'm kind of, I, I, I know I need wow. to reread Nightfall because it's been a few years to, for the, the small moments of just when Commissioner Gordon is no longer Commissioner Gordon and stuff like that to help fill in some blanks. But I, I think that, interconnectivity like i said really works well 
for the amount of writers that are on this. Oh, absolutely. And was Denny O'Neill still an editor? For Group Batman? editor then, yeah. Group editor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then he did a good, of course. It sounds like an understatement of the year. He did a good job in his, uh, <laughs> in his position. But, I mean, if you go absolutely. on. Absolutely. Uh, he was incredible. Yeah, and he, I mean, he contributes to writing. I believe he's he did two of the Azrael issues or Shadow of the Bat. No, Azrael was his title. He wrote all of them. Yes. Okay. Azrael was his book. Then he okay. wrote every issue of Azrael, all 100 and something issues. Fantastic. Uh, it, like some of the contributors, Alan Grant, Chuck Dixon, Benny oh, yeah. O'Neill, Doug Mensch, Garth Anis, and Christopher Priest. Woo! Mm-hmm. Woo! That was and 90s that's just the writers. Yeah, that's just the writers. And I mean, some of the, I, I didn't fully write down, but I just know off the top of my head, like Kelly Jones did some art. Uh, Graham Nolan mm-hmm. did some art. Um, go ahead and jump in. Any Giordano. Giordano. Jim Balint. Graham Nolan. Um, amazing. Um, I'm reading those and seeing that art again took me right back. It was an actual joy to read this book again for this show, Ryan. Thank you. Loved it. You're welcome. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work, doing what I can. Um, Thank you, sir. Amen, <laughs> brother. Amen. So to, Amen. to really kick off the origins of this, of this virus, the Ebola A virus slash the clench slash the apocalypse mm. virus. They've got a couple names for it in the story. It all, the contagion story is bookended basically with Azrael. Mm-hmm. Now, friend of the show and that brother of mine, Ryan Haas, is a lover of Azrael, mm-hmm. and I've told him it makes two of us. I, I don't. I never really cared for Azrael. Shame, I know. But no, it's not a shame at all because obviously you saw what you saw, and you're probably your first glimpse of him was Nightfall, and he was designed to be hated. Yeah, that that was it, and I didn't really have an interest to continue. It's like I don't like this character. Why would I continue? in his own solo story and such, but they do a good job making him, you know, the bookends of this entire contagion story because the virus starts with, uh, see, I, you said it earlier. Do you say Duma? You're the same Duma. Yes. Well, that's the, 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 the French uh, pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think I've always said Dumas because I'm an American. I always say Dumas, huh? Well, I've, Saint- heard, I've heard people call it the Order of Saint Dumas. So there you okay. go. Well, hey, all right, we're not not that <laughs> not that bad. The Order of Saint Dumas. <laughs> the old <Yeah>. dumbass. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, the it begins and ends with them, and they are pretty mm. integral to the entire story. And Please. I do appreciate, I do appreciate how that kind of unfolds. I mean, if all 12 chapters were all about Azrael and Order of St. Duma, I don't know that I'd, I would have cared mm. as much, but it's the, okay, here's the introduction. Now we're in Gotham. We're in Batman's world. We're into Catwoman and Robin and, and such. Okay, sprinkle in a little bit more Azrael. Then we're back to Batman and we're to Robin and Huntress and Nightwing and stuff like that. So they're essentially the virus is a weapon from St. Duma. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe how much I how much how little I remembered from the story because all this just seemed like I was reading it for the first time. Oh, that's great! So yeah, this read a lot that better. Makes it more fun. Yeah, it read a lot better for me this time than I I realized I realized in the first time. So that's good. 
<laughs> I have positive things to say about Batman Contagion. But I think what really worked for me is the amount of characters that are yeah. are brought into the story and it seems organic. It does not seem it doesn't Absolutely. really seem forced. Which is a hell of an achievement considering uh, four books, four titles, four different creative teams. And like you said, it does flow seamlessly. Mm -hmm. And I do find that with major crossovers after this time, uh, and even as soon as Denny left as group editor, some of the crossovers were printed out of order or not scheduled correctly. Um, I've put them in a completely different order to read them than they were when they were released. So this it was a breath of fresh air. Apart from that one cover glitch, where Catwoman and Azrael had the wrong numbers on, it was seamless. And like you said, um, reads really smoothly. Even now, how many odd years later? 96, uh, 06, 16, close to 30 years later. Incredible. Really good stuff. I, I loved it, even after all this time. Well, the plus also is how this, I mean, it's Batman contagion. So you have certain expectations of Batman and Gotham City. Mm. And we end up leaving the country the you know the u.s mm -hmm. twice um no more than twice uh, but we go north of the u.s to canada with robin and catwoman and Azrael, and then we go and then we go south with i think it was uh catwoman like we're we're leaving yeah. gotham and i in looking back it's like it's called a batman story but he almost he barely edges out some of the others in getting more, more uh, like panel time, you know, and and it, so I think right. it's done well. Especially, I I really like the the Robin trip to Canada to go find this first this first uh, survivor of a plague of a similar plague in Greenland. So I guess I should set this first. They send they uh, Azrael. Let's Batman know. Let's set the stage here, Steve J. Azrael sends a video to Batman warning him <laughs> that a plague or a virus is coming to Gotham. There's the plane from the country that it's coming, like that has one person on it. We need to track, or a helicopter or something. We need to track this guy. They track this guy into Babylon Towers, which is a rich society section of Gotham City. We then see, we follow this man as he is encountering other people. And we see the panels of he's coughing here, he's coughing here. He coughs on the, the pilot who is then going home. He's coughing on other people in Babylon Towers and other workers. And then they realize this, he's basically spread it. And then he sends the people he spread it out to out of Babylon Towers oh, and they go their, their yeah. own ways. And then it's just spreading and it's spreading and it's spreading. Now, again, this seems very eerie and very familiar of the current time slash last year. Absolutely. And so I think that also plays a little bit more into the, almost a little bit of a, of like a horror aspects, a horror aspect, a horror oh, vibe and atmosphere of this story because I mean, we kind of have lived yeah. it. Thankfully, yeah. the obviously COVID is deadly. Thankfully, it's not as bad as what the comic. Oh yes, very thankfully. Showing. <laughs> um, but remember, and, it's like you said brilliantly. Reading this originally, it seemed a lot more sci-fi and a lot more out 
out they're a lot more unrealistic uh-huh. reading it now is probably why we enjoyed it more because it does hit home yeah. a lot more now it was quite prophetic in many ways it's yeah it's very impactful and some of the images drawn and how what is it 12 hours you show the signs and you're bleeding from mm-hmm. your eyes and then it just starts to manipulate yeah. your skin from head to toe and then i think it said within 48 hours people are dead and that like it's that yes. it's that intense it's that quick there is no other option so batman is on a hot mission of trying to find how do we get a cure for this as gotham starts to realize uh we see the um naivety of of like the the people in powerful positions of not wanting to believe it like the mayor and the commissioner and they don't want to believe it and they're ty- like avoiding taking drastic measures and then eventually Gotham starts to shut down martial laws is declared and mm-hmm. that's where this there was a similar plague or uh, on the same you know maybe a little worse plague that was in Greenland and it had some survivors and so one of the survivors is in Canada and Batman sends Robin up north to go and basically to find the survivor because if we have the survivor let's get his blood let's let's work on a vaccine which robin then encounters catwoman yes antibodies and robin encounters catwoman who is looking for this guy because penguin found out about this information and he wants to give money to anybody that finds this person so that penguin can get antibodies and then basically own the market and become rich now, all that, just me saying Never it, burst. starts to sound convoluted, but it's not because they, they take their time, but also don't waste any, don't waste any time either. And I just, yeah. getting us from that initial introduction of the virus all the way up to this point of Catwoman and Robin meet face-to-face in Canada, it's just, it works. It just gets us from that point to that point, and I don't think that it skips a beat. Absolutely. It's brilliantly done because they do have a whole host of characters. Like you said, Robin, Catwoman, Azrael, uh, Tracker, the, the guy who's after the bounty himself. Yes. And you get Huntress involved and Penguin. Um, but it, it's brilliantly done because you see Batman, as you said, he's not the main focus, but he's the catalyst. You do feel his presence even when he's not there. And of course, he protects Gotham City. And Robin is the one doing the legwork as uh, Azrael and uh, Catwoman and uh, Dick Grayson um, roundabout trying to get cures trying to get information and and everything else but it's so great to see this group of characters working together and also batman working as a detective which is something i I miss so much and it's come up on your show so many times with your guests obviously we're all of a like like mind that we always see batman the crime fighter batman the unstoppable force of nature but batman the detective is far too rare and seeing him work out clues discover where the pilot landed and everything else i I love stuff like that don't you yes absolutely and that's this isn't a story of action i mean we already said he's not facing one of the you know his rogues gallery he's not kicking punching Mm. taking down villains it's it is like you said it's heavily it's detective work he's find the source now we need of this of this virus now track down the survivor we need to get antibodies and like you said he's a protector of gotham so yes i mean the story could have worked of he's the one who travels to canada to to get this guy but i mean he's got robin he's got his his boy wonder like Mm -hmm. his uh his network yeah and so and he sends them out not 
like to help and to feedback information. And I just think that it, it just complements everything here. And I love this, the inclusion of Catwoman. Absolutely. Catwoman is so true to form yeah. in this, in this story. You love her, but you know that she's kind of like in it for herself, but she's also not evil. And, and you just see her through the story. I don't want to say that she evolves. She just, she just walks that, that narrow line. Say it. No, Ryan, you're right. She does. This is that first step towards the redemption of Catwoman, which we eventually get to see happen in hush um, way down the line. But no, no, I completely agree with you. This is the beginning of the end of Catwoman as a pure villain and more of Catwoman as an anti-hero. No, I, I think you're right. You're completely right. Oh, I, I brought my smart pants. I put them on today, so I'm trying here. <laughs> so I think a-, a... Power hour lower. <laughs> it's the lower standard. The- Oh yeah. The, what do I want to call them? Uh, hurdles, the speed bumps. Um, maybe that's, that's putting it too lightly of we, there's one survivor. Well, the order sends their people up to Canada as well and have a yes. shootout to try and take out the group. But then in the process, take, t- they take out the survivor. Robin still gets a, I think he still gets a vial of his blood but then they, Batman ends up learning of like, we, like this isn't effective of a, a, a dead person's blood. Does, it's just, it doesn't work. But they uncover, and I forget now how, that there's two other survivors. Azrael and Catwoman find out that there's two other survivors, which then takes them to San Francisco, <laughs> completely yes, across indeed. the country. A place you know quite well. <laughs> yeah, they... they they travel there for the survivor who is just like, he's a Looney Tune and he thinks that he's indestructible because he survived. Brilliant. He survived this plague. And there's something also eerily relatable to that now of some people, you know, I'm sorry, but the, of COVID who think that they're kind of untouchable. If nobody in their direct circle has been affected, well then it's just, it, it's not deadly. It's not, um, it's not dangerous. We're overreacting. And I think that has a relation to this guy who thinks, Hey, there was a plague. I survived it. You know what? I'm like Superman. (laughs) I can survive anything. And right when Azrael and Catwoman get there, they want to get him to, you know, get his blood to create antibodies. And he's just like, I'm indestructible. And he shoots himself. And then he starts dying. He's like, what? I <laughs> guess I was wrong. Was I wrong? You Did I err? Dipshit. <laughs> like, ugh. No one writes a one-off <laughs> character who only appears for one issue the way Denny O'Neill does. He made that character absolutely hilarious, but real at the same time. It's brilliantly done. I love those scenes. Some yeah. of my favorites from the it's, whole story. I definitely didn't remember that at all. So, I mean, that was quite a trip. And again, it was done effectively. It's like, this is another hurdle. Uh, and they're, you know, basically like the, the heroes in the story are again, facing uncertainty of like, well, how, what do we do now? Mm. Like, and then they discovered that there's another survivor, which Catwoman goes after. Meanwhile, and connect these, connect these tissue or these, these tissues, connect this. Um, how does Batman... So Batman goes to an actual villain in the name of Poison Ivy Mm -hmm. to take a cure into this affected area, infected area of Babylon Towers. Now, what's the, 
refresh my memory on how he discovers that he needs to use poison ivy. Well, obviously, because she's immune to virtually everything, including viruses. She's yes. the only person who could literally physically get into Babylon Towers unscathed to deliver the test vaccine, which sadly they discover doesn't work. And that's how, the, that's how they make the discovery, because they take it. She gives it to the people of Babylon Towers and they still die anyway. So did, did they make a, basically a, a vaccine out of that first survivor's blood then? Yes, okay. that was from the first survivor's blood, yeah. Okay, so that's how I just said like 10 minutes ago or something, that Batman realizes, oh, this doesn't work. That's how they found out it doesn't work. Okay, you've connected, yeah. connected that. Now, I really enjoy, not just because it's a villain that we know and familiar with and, and love, um, the, the inclusion of Poison Ivy here. Because it's, it's right yeah. on point with her of she starts to, well, she and she it's sneaks into, Ivy, isn't it? yeah, she sneaks into Babylon Tower. She has this antidote and she, she starts scheming the rich people that are, that are left in Babylon Towers of like, you know, give me your high priced items and I'll give you the vaccine. And so she's scheming all of them to do this. Brilliant. And did she at first did she knowingly do this or was she unaware at first that the antidote didn't work i think she did it completely um just to see what she could get out of it and when she realized it didn't work she said well kiss me instead i'll make you immune just to fleece them for every penny they had the woman's a genius and her flirtatious nature her whole attitude the way she talks to batman it's just vintage ivy it's really really great that that chapter is one of my favorites in the whole book it's so well done Oh, and we'll uh, Batman's interaction with Gordon as well in that chapter. Yeah, and I mean we'll get we'll be getting back to to that scene for sure. Now, it's it's always funny to me on how. So I just read this book, um, probably in the past two, four days, or so. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's still kind of foggy to me because we don't we don't catch up with Gordon right away. It's it's a little ways until we're quote-unquote introduced to him right it's a few issues into the story yeah okay now how it's, does it's basically when his whole team drags him kicking and screaming back in because <laughs> the current commissioner is a waste of skin <laughs> please gordon come back all his forgiven. it's nice it's really to see well it's nice to see a lot of the scenes with bullock and montoya together i feel like they are oh, just yeah, they are loyal definitely. loyal partners to each other and there's just like a comfortability for to have both of them, you know, in a scene, on the scene and stuff. But how did, how did we end up with uh, Gordon with Batman in Babylon Towers? Um, well, literally, obviously, Bullock and Montoya go to re-recruit Gordon, get him back in the fold because the police are doing nothing. Kroll's looked himself up and he's infected as well. Mm -hmm. So Batman's gone in to retrieve Ivy because she's not making contact. The vaccine doesn't work. He needs to do something. And Gordon just follows him in uh, because that's just how badass Gordon is. <laughs> he's just a, a living legend. And that's why you and I, Ryan, love the man. He's just awesome. He's just such a great character strength personified ultimate well, leader and that ends up leading into babylon towers burning down but outside of this uh burning mm. burning uh section is we've got we've got rioters this also seemed a little 
uh, yes. too familiar and how yeah. kind of hostile, hostile and uncomfortable that was as, as our heroes of Nightwing, Robin, and Huntress come into to play. However, mm-hmm. Robin gets spit on in which a book yeah. where you're seeing the spread of through coughing and such like that. And I mean, what we know now in real life, that is an, it was yeah. an instantly like kind of haunting panel yes, indeed. because I clearly didn't Horrible. remember, clearly didn't remember uh, Robin can, getting the virus and seeing that and reading it this mm-hmm. time. I was like, I oh, shit. oh, yeah, I'm telling you, it's like I read it for the yeah. first time. And I the didn't way re- the chapter ends. I didn't remember. Oh, wow. Well, take me, take me through it. How did that chapter end? Oh, it's horrible. Well, the chapter ends when you see the guy who spat on Robin um, sitting in the alley in a corner and with blood pouring out of his eyes. And then you realise, oh, damn, not only did he spit on Robin, he's got it. So Robin's got it. It's clear as day. And that, that was really, really, that hit home. When I was reading this um, weekly, uh-huh. I thought, oh, no, please, not Robin, because... Um, like many of your co-conspirators on previous shows, Tim Drake's my boy. He's yeah. the Robin I've been with since day one. Obviously, Dick Grayson forever, but for, for me, he'll always be Nightwing. I um, saw Dick Grayson become Nightwing in the pages of um, Wolfman and Perry's Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. But the Robin I was there from, from the ground floor, is Drake. And I love the guy from day one. So seeing this, um, I honestly thought, well, they've killed one Robin already. Are they going to do it again? Uh, it was that wow. real reading this the first time when it came out in the comics. It was super powerful. And in the chapters that follow, as you're aware, now you've read them again, it's really touch and go for quite a while with, with Tim. All right. So, yeah, that brings up a good point of, you know, you were reading this as it was coming out. So you, the the threat was there and it was legit that Tim Drake oh, absolutely. Would, yeah. might not survive this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was powerful. Uh, really, really in your face. You thought, oh, there's no... Because like you said, we said it in the beginning of the show, this virus kills within 48 hours. And the, anything they've done up until this point has proven completely fruitless. So yeah, reading this when it was coming out week by week was torture because honestly, I believed we were going to lose another Robin. I really did. Um, it was so, so powerful. Obviously, now, years later, we know we didn't, and he's still around. But back then, it was very real, Ryan. Really, really real. Okay. Well, now's the perfect time to bring it up, then. In Azrael number 16, I believe, mm-hmm. where Azrael, and I'm not familiar with the other characters, that Brian and Lily? Sister Lily, yeah, with the Order of St. Dumas, yeah. Okay. They were so, his sidekicks. They were in every issue of his own series. Okay, they... I mean, the, the cover of Azrael 16 hints at one thing. It's basically Azrael standing on the bones of Robin and then basically like the plague symbol underneath yeah. Robin. So that's hinting towards one thing. In that issue, you find out that they crack the code on an antidote. And Azrael mm-hmm. delivers it to Gotham Medical. And then you go to the next page, and we're back at Wayne Manor, stately Wayne Manor, and Nightwing's coming down the steps to Alfred. <laughs> the bed Robin was in was empty, and Nightwing's <sighs> like, don't tell me. And Alfred says, yes, you're too late. Now, yeah, we're, That cliffhanger, in- dude, killed okay. me. Do you remember how... <laughs> 
do you remember how long you had to how long you had to wait between this and the next issue? Um, I, I I think if memory serves, that was the Israel issue was April. It was still April. I think it was about a week or two later. A week. Okay. But I honestly, for that period, thought that's it. Okay. Tim's dead. I honestly thought Tim was dead, and we'd start a new story in another. Um, Lonely Place of Living to introduce a new Robin or Alan Grant's original plan of making uh, Lonnie Machin, um Anarchy Robin. I honestly thought he was gone. It was, it was heavy, really, really heavy. So I felt that. <laughs> the, the next issue is Robin 28 in which it opens up with Dick mm-hmm. basically saying they've come up with a cure and they're distributing it. And you're telling me it's too late to, and Alfred says, it's, it's too late, Master Timothy, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then that was in poor taste, Alfred. He turned the page. There's, oh, there's Tim and Bruce smiling. Everything's hunky-dory. <laughs> yep. Now, I don't like Yes. This. I'll tell Alfred you why. Alfred is a shit for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. There's a couple layers on why I don't like this. I don't think, I just, I, I don't think it's a good joke. I think it seems almost a little out of, no. and this, this is going to come off kind of harsh. So you can definitely see, I have opposing views, Ryan. I think it comes off a little harsh. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Alfred would really do this. Um, considering the, the death and the real threat that had been in Gotham and taken them, you know, all over the world uh, to make light of that. And then just kind of how quickly of, yeah, I got the, you know, I got the cure. I'm better now. And it just seems like, all right, that's the end of Contagion. And it's just like, it's that quickly wrapped up because then he hops in the, he hops in the Redbird. And then basically, I mean, we get some wrap up with the mayor and Tim calling his parents and smoothing things over and stuff like that. So I guess that's wrapping up kind of like his story. But overall, it just seems like this, to me, I just felt like it was a very abrupt ending to the Contagion story. So I do agree. It's wrapped up literally in 20 pages. But in Alfred's Uh defence, he only said that because Bruce and Tim were standing behind him. And this, to me, just speaks of Dick Grayson's positive attitude. Dick wouldn't believe it. He he, he, he wouldn't have fallen for it wholly anyway. And those two next following pages where... um, Tim says it was a cheap shot. And Alfred says, well, how often does one get the opportunity? And with Dick scrunching up a paper ball and throwing it at Alfred's head, it just shows to me their family dynamic. And while it was a horrible thing to say, the fact that he was saying it with Tim alive and well behind him, if Tim had been shot off to hospital and Dick hadn't seen him, I don't think Alfred would have made that joke. But to your other point, yes, it was wrapped up rather quickly. But... When you consider that within the space of a few weeks, um, Armand Kroll would be found dead in his office even after receiving the cure, and it's discovered that the virus has mutated, which again is scarily reminiscent of what's happening in the world right now with the Brazilian mutation and the uh, South African one of the COVID-19 virus. Mm-hmm. Um, legacy was just around the corner where you discover who actually engineered the virus and stole it from the Order of St. Dumas in the first place. But again, no spoilers yet. We'll, we'll do that when we actually review the story. But um, yes, but that was because they lulled us into a false sense of security. But I do think they needed an extra issue, maybe an epilogue to wrap it up a bit 
bit more evenly. That was quite quick. I agree with that. So, but by the end of Robin issue number 28, um, you, in a sense, the, the final chapter of Contagion, do you, were you satisfied? Mm -hmm. You're pleased? Back then, yes, <laughs> but purely because Robin was alive. Remember, I've been reading this episodically. I didn't have it in one chunk. Uh -huh. Reading it as a graphic novel, binging it, uh, Netflix style, it was a little more unsatisfying. It did feel just like you say, it felt rushed. But back then it was a relief. It was pressure. Um, and remember back then these, you didn't know which stories were gonna get collected in trades. Literally these days, every comic you read would eventually get collected in a trade. Back then that wasn't the case. I don't think the trade for this story came out until a year or two after the story itself. And that's only because of events like Legacy and everything else that followed. So back then, yes, Reading it again now, 30-odd years later, it did feel a bit rushed, definitely. Okay. Well, I think it, like I just said, I think it ended too abruptly for me. However, it did sort of segue mm -hmm. and transition into um, somewhat normalcy of still addressing what had happened while also moving on to the next thing. As we see yeah. Tim still struggling that he's, you know, he's still a little... A uh, little wiped out as he confronts some criminals and you know and the rest of that yeah. issue and stuff. That was and he's, and he's he's you know he's still like I'm still not a hundred percent. And then he you know goes to his parents and explains where he's been. So it's like okay, this is still attached to the contagion story that still works. And then we get uh, it's like we're teased with what's going on with his girlfriend Ariana. And then the next issue is a Robin issue in which then it starts to go a little bit more into just like, oh yeah, Tim. And she's dyed her hair blonde. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well now we're on a totally different uh, focus as we're into the teen drama of yeah, Tim's life absolutely. and stuff. So it's like, we've transitioned out of contagion by, by Robin number 29. And that's okay. Cause it, at least it wasn't like, mm -hmm. I'm cured. I'm better. End of book. So there's still a little mm -hmm. um, slowly spinning out of contagion. Uh, to keep it that's probably why they included but, those issues then actually yeah so the robin yeah. part it, that's, that's probably why they included them yeah and that i mean that's that's okay i'm not like oh my god never will i read this again because of that it i basically i can't i can't <laughs> add any more on how i how i feel about it it's felt abrupt it's still not like it's bad um i just thought it ended kind of quickly for this massive uh trip that you've taken us on you wrapped it up pretty quickly but that's mm okay that's okay so mr we're of a like mind because that's my one criticism of the story as well all I right <laughs> look at criticism. us same brains um i have a couple questions a couple follow professionals yes professionals what so, i'm here for do you have a favorite i mean we are you already had trouble picking a favorite for this recording um what is your favorite part of this container <laughs> Um, the relationships, Batman and Gordon, uh, Batman and Nightwing, Catwoman and Robin creased me up because he gets on her nerves. She literally brings him down a peg or two. His jaw drops when he sees him in a snow costume. So, so many great character moments. But if I have to pick um, one, it's just the reuniting of the Batman and Jim Gordon team because it had been a long time coming 
and it was just beautiful to look at because uh, Graham Nolan's art in his stories in, in this book is just stellar. To me, he's one of the most underrated Batman artists ever. So yeah, the, the reuniting of the Batman Gordon team was probably my favourite part, along with all the action shenanigans and the whole Bat family in one story. I mean, what could be better than that? Yeah, I'm... I'm with you, but I'll expand just a little bit. And it is the chapter, basically chapter eight of Detective mm. Comics 696, because there, I mean, that that chapter opens with Nightwing carrying uh, Robin to yes. and yelling Alfred, and they're in the yes. Batcave. We're, we're seeing what's happening outside That's of Babylon right. Towers. Inside of Babylon Towers is where Gordon and Batman are, and it's burning, it's on fire. But then... At, on their way out and there's just something that hit me it was the as i mean it plays like a horror story of the the dead people that are on the really floor does. that batman and gordon are seeing and then one guy even approaches is like approaching them and you just see it like can you help me it's my wife she's dead and then like you see that like oh man he's he's got it bad and then basically he just goes off into I mean, he says, called the heaven with no one to look after her. And I know I'm going soon. And so many people are going there tonight. I'm yeah. afraid I won't be able to find her. I'm sending you ahead. Tell her to wait for me, okay? And then Gordon's basically forced to shoot and kill this guy. And yeah. Batman kind of, you know, tries to consult him of like, you did him a favor. You saved him from an agonizing death. Like, all of that, mm -hmm. I think, is very effective. It's... Oh, it's beautiful. It's... Like it's very it's Gordon's effective. response as well. Yeah, you'd know how wrong that was if you'd ever killed a man. Nothing makes it easier. That's just beautiful. Yep. Yeah, I think beautiful. all of that. If you go back a couple of pages, Ryan, mm -hmm. go back a couple of pages from there to the scene where um, Batman's on the ground um, tying up Ivy, uh -huh. and Gordon's at the door um, checking the back stairs, and the final three panels of that page where. Batman's literally wrapped up Ivy so that uh, she can breathe, but so her skin can't be touched accidentally by Gordon and Batman so that they get poisoned. And Gordon says, hmm, you thought of this ahead of time? You must have been a hell of a Boy Scout. A silent panel. And then, or maybe your childhood didn't leave you time for things like that. Those little hints throughout the years that we had that Gordon knew who yep. Batman was but it was never openly stated. That's one of those vintage, vintage moments right there. That's a good point. I hadn't really, I had not thought of that, but well done, Steve J. That's a, that's a good moment. Now, a near impossible task, almost as hard as picking a favorite Batman story, apparently. Do you have a favorite panel <laughs> out of all of these? Um, can it be a whole page? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's been in the rules a little bit, but okay. Well, it's a panel. It's a splash page. Oh, well then, yeah, absolutely. It's a single panel. If you count a splash page, it's a single panel. Okay. Yeah. Yep. From that issue, um, literally when Batman swings out of Babylon Towers, <laughs> carrying Ivy's body over his shoulder and with, with Jim hanging from his waist, and it's just magic. That one page to me is Batman. He's the hero. He's the protector. He's the best friend and partner to James Gordon while the world is in flames around him. That page screams Batman so much that I just love it. I'd love to have a poster of that one page. It's All fantastic. of these pages. All of these yeah. panels. Yeah. You picked the exact one that I did. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Great well, minds think alike, Ryan. So for, do yours and mine. For <laughs> for reasons you discussed, and then also as an added part, is that Batman will save. Like he's not a he's not a killer. He's saving the villain. Yeah, that's what Poison Ivy's done, and that raises so much for questions of, uh, you know, basically Red Hood's yeah. major thing of like, why do you let the villains live? Like that point yeah. of contention, and it's like mm-hmm. it's because he's Batman. That's just what he does. And this everything you said right here of this image, I think, just captures captures everything about the character. That's great. Absolutely. I think that's a great image. Great image. I love that page. Would you like to see this adapted? in would you like to see this adapted into uh not a comic or a game but like as a show or a movie or something absolutely it's one of those shows that one of those shows one of those stories that i think has to be but and this is a big but this Uh is a beyonce sized but oh boy um this needs to be done properly not like what they did with hush okay that's the one animated batman movie i can honestly say i cannot stand because they changed too much. If they do with this, as your guests have so eloquently stated in previous shows, if they do what they did with Dark Knight Returns and Batman Year One, hell yes. If they do what they did with Killing Joke and Hush, no. Interesting. So what would be your proposal of adaptation then? Um, this would need to be two movies um, okay. because it's it's a big old story. Or, um, hey, if the rumours are true and Batman the Animated Series is going to get another lease of life, uh, a nice three-parter um, in that show would be ideal. I mean, look what they did with the saga of Russell Gould, um, Robin's Reckoning. Uh, I think that show is virtually flawless to this day. Hey, bring it back and uh, make Contagion one of the stories you adapt. Yeah, I think my preference would be would be a two-part movie Mm. of i think a good kind of like a good ending of part one would maybe be robin passing out because he's been infected or something Mm -hmm. um i think that'd be the preferred or if you know if hbo max just got very ballsy and did just like and did like six part or eight part animated Yeah. series that it's just like yeah this season's called batman contagion next season's called something like that and and it you know it's something like that give it the time to breathe don't try and be like okay well let's cut out um let's cut out all the order of saint dumas let's cut out the trip to san francisco let's cut out the the trip to miami let's cut, like all that and it's like no no yeah. no because that helps that really helps the character moments and gives it time to breathe and gives them this this uh this hurdle, this, this block, the speed bump where they have moments mm-hmm. of like, I'm losing all hope. Like, yes. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just a better story. If you have those moments, yeah. though, that's what gave this whole story. It's impetus and it's urgency. Didn't it? Yeah. That, it's vital. Absolutely. The more hell you put our heroes through, yeah. the more triumphant the story is. We absolutely. Love so we want to beat the hell out of them. So, yep. Uh, Steve, what would be your final your final thoughts on Batman Contagion? Ooh, um, I think it was the first story that had Batman literally, as we said right at the beginning of the show, facing an enemy he could not physically overcome. This isn't someone you can go out and knock out and stick handcuffs on and 
dragged to Arkham Asylum. This is a virus. This is a, a, an enemy that tested him mentally, physically, and emotionally. Not just because his whole city was devastated, he could do nothing about it. But then with Robin getting infected, his whole team out on the streets, putting their lives quite literally on the line the same way that firemen do and healthcare workers and ambulancemen and doctors and nurses are doing right now in the world we live in today. It's just really powerful stuff. And like you said, Ryan, seeing our heroes struggle, but then still standing tall at the end of it, it's mythology. It's just archetypal storytelling and I cannot get enough of it. Has it aged perfectly? No, but hey, like you said, it's a lot better than I remember it being. So yeah, um, if you want to see Batman struggle and suffer, but ultimately be the hero we all know he is, and the same to all his cast members, it's a lovely little read. Pick it up. You'll read it in a day. Yeah, uh, it took me four. But <laughs> if I wasn't an adult and I didn't have, you know, exactly. work and all that stuff, then yeah, I mean, we could. If you, if you put, especially in knowing that actually it's just 12 chapters, yeah. Uh, that you need to read. But I think overall, like this, I think this was a great story. I think it was something different. Uh, I don't need, yeah. I don't need other versions of Batman fighting a, a villain. He can't see just because I want to see Batman actually physically fighting villains. This was a mm-hmm. nice change up something different. And so this, that's what helps this one stand out is. Uh, oh, then you're going to love legacy. All of the, I've read Legacy. That's another one that I read that more recently, but I kind of don't remember it either. So <laughs> it's going to be a lot more powerful after reading this one again. Definitely. Well, that's good. Um, but yeah, I just think, I do think that it's a, it's a recommended story and it's not as intimidating as you might think. Save that for oh, yeah. No Man's Land. Uh, but Ooh, yeah, I think that's hard work. it's a good story that I can look past the abrupt ending because I, I think everything that came before it and the small, the small and big moments really pay off well. And I think that's just, that's a really good, it's just good stuff. So, uh, couldn't agree more. I'm with you. I think that kind of does it for Batman contagion, Steve J. Uh, where, you know, thank you for joining me on this episode. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been wanting to come on the show forever. And, and, and you are my brother from across the pond. And thank you. I've got a brother across the pond. I love it. Uh, Where can people follow you? Plug some things. Oh boy. Um, Well, first of all, I do like to chat. So hit me up on Twitter at Lstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. But I also contribute to DC Comics News. As you said, I'm editor-in-chief of Dark Knight News, owner, publisher, editor-in-chief of Fantastic Universes. The easiest way to catch up with my written work across all of those sites is literally just type in Steve J. Rains, your search engine of choice, all the words Fantastic Universes, to read all my news reviews and interviews. I have a couple of podcasts of my own own superheroes for dummies where our audience tells us who they want us to talk about they send us their questions and we answer them on the show um i am the knight the weekly breakdown of batman the animated series usually hosted with my son adam and of course the dc comics news podcast looking at all the worlds of dc in movies tv streaming comic books and wherever else that may happen on the dc comics news podcast network i think i did it in under 45 seconds so um (laughs) that's where you can catch me (laughs) 44.267 44.267 seconds. So you just gold medal. You just got it. Just got it. 
All right, fantastic. Give Steve a follow on all that. He is a he's an encyclopedia on comic book knowledge. Also, if you want to follow the Batman Book Club, and you are not yet, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC. You can also follow me personally on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer spelled like lower. And if you would like to write into the Batman Book Club for questions or comments, you can write to the BatmanBC at gmail.com. And lastly, if you would ever be so kind, take 30 seconds out of your day, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. The link to that page to rate and review is in the description of this episode. And the more reviews we get, the more it helps spread the word. And as we all know, that word is panic. So for Steve J. Ray, I am Ryan. And until next time, read more Batman comics.